It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Man. 50. <laughs> JR. B-Day boy. <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel like money. Man, I feel like money. Yeah. All right, welcome back, Draws and Fades, episode 38. We'll be doing a little U.S. Open recap today. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau wins his first major at minus six, ends up dusting the field by six strokes, and really a roller coaster of a U.S. Open. Some low scores on Thursday with a bunch of guys under par, and that quickly turned into a complete carnage out there. Um, lots of guys well over par. Not many guys in contention. Um, not a lot of happy stories to talk about. Um, but Bryson DeChambeau, again, very impressive. Wins his first major. Has all these, uh, you know, all the storylines about Bryson over the past three months or so kind of all came into fruition here for him, where he just was driving the ball way further than anyone else, playing into the rough, not really caring, and then scrambling his way around and making you know, making a, a course that was playing difficult for everyone else, not seem as quite as difficult for him. Um, but yeah, the PJ Tour does go on this week. Uh, we'll be at Corrales Punta Cana Resort Golf Club. An absolute trash field, so we're not going to be really previewing too much of the Corrales Punta Cana, but we do have a few picks that we'll talk to you guys about, and we'll put them out on social later this week. But, yeah, U.S. Open in the books in this crazy little PGA season we got working here. And Bryson DeChambeau gets it done. Matt Wolf comes in second. Also impressive, Matt. Um, and, yeah, I forgot to introduce you guys today, huh? So <laughs> I am your host, Owen Vrabel, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Miller. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. And producer Nick Boss. What's going on, folks? How are we doing? So, as you can see, a little flustered over here um, <laughs> after a disappointing Sunday, Matt. Uh, I know you had a couple close calls that ended up not working out for us. Patrick Reed looked good up until Saturday afternoon, so I wanted to get your thoughts on Patrick Reed and his little implosion on Saturday. 
Yeah, I mean, he looked real good through the first two days. Um, he's kind of grinding along, just what we wanted, just what we predicted. And then, really, even he was fine on the front nine on Saturday. He kind of showed some inconsistency, but then that back nine was absolutely disgusting, um, completely fell apart. And at that point, was just kind of hoping that he cashed the top ten because winning was out of the equation. Yeah. It was a matter of, like, an hour and a half from where it was like, I feel pretty good about him winning still to... We have no chance. So fucked, yeah. Yeah. It happened so quick. Because actually, yeah, I mean, going into Saturday, I, I felt amazing. I had Harris English in a good spot. Patrick Reed in a good spot. Justin Thomas had a mediocre round Friday, but was still, you know, in my head, around. And Bryson finishes that round on Saturday early at minus three. And... Just kind of everything kind of felt everything shit at the fan for the rest of my guys after that point. So, um, yeah, Harris English, I will say, thankfully, cashed the top 10 and was pretty impressive throughout the weekend, but never really had too much confidence in him pulling off a win on Sunday just with how well Bryson and Wolf were playing. Uh, at a certain point, I definitely was rooting for Wolf, even though I didn't wasn't holding his card. I mean, he was playing unreal on the weekend and. Yeah, that happened quickly on Sunday, too, where he was very much in it, very much in it. And then Bryson birdies, I think, like 11 or 12, and then pars out, and it was never never close again. Yeah, and that's back-to-back majors for Wolf, where he was impressive um, on tough courses, too. So he seems to be coming out strong in these majors um, early in his career. But, yeah, I mean, Bryson just kind of all week was solid, didn't trip up. Obviously, the only guy under par, uh, very impressive, kind of sucks that yeah <laughs> that he did it uh that yeah. way but i mean good for him he deserved it but yeah i mean to touch on your point all the work that he put in and you know we kind of had questioned whether it would work and whether it wouldn't but he kind of found something because it seems like if you have that length now it doesn't really matter about how thick the rough is or any of that other stuff we've seen it this week you know he was fine playing out of the rough because he was like wedge in a lot of the time and they even flashed that stat on saturday where matt wolf wasn't hitting any fairways either and he was leading at that point so yep these guys that are long hitters it's kind of it didn't seem to matter that they were playing out of the rough yeah no i mean if we go through the the leaderboard too i mean obviously after matt wolf at even who granted shot five over on sunday and was pretty much in it until the back nine um also a very long hitter of the golf ball, similar to Bryson. No one's in Bryson's weight class now in terms of the driving of the golf ball, but there are guys that are significantly farther than other guys on tour, and we saw a few of them finish inside the top 10, granted 12 shots off the lead. Tony Finau finishes at plus six in T8. JT finishes at T8. Rory finishes at T8. Dustin Johnson finishes at T6. Xander finishes in fifth. So guys that drive the golf ball significantly better than average on tour and in a, in a major where we thought fairways were would be crucial, um, it goes to show you that in this era of golf, it may not be that important, regardless of the course setup, regardless of how hard the rough is to play out of. If you're hitting it farther than everyone else and you have shorter approach shots in, uh, Bryson and Wolf both made it look easy. Not easy, but they made it very doable out of the rough, at uh, a course that was, you know, after Thursday, complete carnage. Like that superintendent, the one foot golf superintendent on Thursday, apparently went to a USGA meeting with a bunch of people and was all pissed off about the pin locations and things. Like there were 20 guys under par on Thursday. Boom. Friday morning. We're like, 
Jesus, this is not this is not going to be like this the rest of the week. <laughs> like, with there were very quickly there were like seven guys under par, and I mean at a certain point on Friday, going into Saturday, it was like there's probably only like seven or eight guys with a legitimate shot at winning this uh, already. Um, obviously, we had guys shoot well over par after making the cut. I mean, Abe Answer shot. Uh, well, he shot 21 over for the for the tournament <laughs> and finished in 56. There were seven, eight guys that finished over 20, 20 over. I mean, Ricky Fowler finishes 17 over, finishes inside of the top 50. Lots of golfers that are, you know, great pedigrees and just got absolutely destroyed by this golf course. So I think that that does really, like, this is a huge win for Bryson. I mean, cements his, like, little legacy he's got going on here now because i mean we had we had touched bit on it like we're not sure if this is going to work in the majors like we knew right. that he was dominating courses and fields where it was birdie fests and he was birdieing holes easily getting eagles all the time and winning you know winning tournaments and cash in top tens every every week but we were still skeptical if it was going to work in a major and uh yeah it definitely worked uh he you know third place is eight shots off of him fourth place, nine shots, and then fifth and on over 10 shots off of him. So complete, complete, I mean, just an amazing performance from Bryson. But um, we'll see. I think it's something certainly to to keep our eye on. And Bryson's now going to be a favorite at every, at every course. I mean, he's now 10 to 1 at the Masters, right up there with Rory and DJ. Um, so, yeah, obviously the days of cashing Bryson tickets with any value are no longer gonna be there so it's gonna be scary guys because now we're basically gonna be betting against a bryson every week um who at the masters has already had some success to a certain degree and some certainly a place where i think he's gonna feel comfortable yeah so next major up is the masters and yeah, we'll see two. yeah the next two majors <laughs> up is the masters so even more interesting so i yeah other than other than bryson's amazing performance i mean i don't think there was too too many takeaways uh wills alatoris obviously incredible performance the amateur uh off the corn Ferry tour who not amateur corn Ferry tour guy who, who people are hyping up all week and has played great in the corn Ferry tour all year and they're like all right i mean yeah wills alatoris is going to come out and play well and he's you know he finishes t6 and now Coming into this Corrales Punta Cana tournament, he is the outright favorite to win at plus eleven hundred. Yeah. Insanity. Uh, so yeah, I mean, boss Matt, did you guys have any other takeaways from the U.S. Open? I mean, other than Bryson, obviously just destroying the golf course and our hopes and dreams and everything. Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of it. Um, I had a personal, you know, Thomas Peters just outside the top twenty for me, and he missed. Seven putts inside seven feet on Saturday. I saw that. So, oh yeah, pretty unfortunate. You know, he was just two shots away from cashing that top 20. Didn't, didn't do that. A couple of right. three footers away. Um, but <laughs> Spe- Speaking yeah. of missed putts, the Danny Lee six putt, too. Oh that, my God, was also yeah. that was amazing. Quite the uh, was, adventure. I mean, I've never seen I've never seen anything like it. Like, well, dude, I mean, after I, the fourth putt, like, you got to make sure the fifth one goes in, dude. Well, he wasn't. He was like not even caring. Like, he wasn't trying know. at all. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. I mean. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> he had. He had. A, he had a moment. Yeah. He had not a, a good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Very bad luck for Danny Lee. Um, <laughs> and then he withdrew. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He, like, yeah, he said he bad. injured himself. He said he injured himself. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think his ego was injured. <laughs> because, yeah, that was a poor performance from Danny. But at the end of the day, I mean, at least he, he made the cut. But then withdrew, so. <laughs> yeah, also to your point, too. I mean, I saw a lot of people early on in that tournament on Twitter, you know, ragging on the USGA, how easy it was. The one guy yep. I was saying, like, a Buick Classic is breaking out. Um, right, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, one guy under par, dude. That's, yeah. One guy under par, all said and done. Like, And I get it. Like, there was it, it was odd on Thursday um, with as many guys as there were under par. And JT, like, having a, a historic day, actually, yeah. shooting, shooting five under um, at the U.S. Open on Thursday. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, USGA, Wingfoot, they got their wish for the most part. They beat the shit out of everyone there <laughs> yeah. except, except for Bryson. Like, everyone left there wounded except for him. And, yeah. He's drinking his protein shakes after the during his press conference. He's soaking it all in. He's gonna be he's gonna be unbearable if he keeps winning like this. It's it sucks and it's just the problem is there's no way to really stop him. Like this was is obviously an impossible test almost. Only one guy was under par. And right. It was him by six. I mean, it just doesn't really seem like there's any kind of course that you could throw at him that he's not gonna be able to play well at. So. Yeah, like we're just gonna have to deal with them for the next 15 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. Again, a lot of the other skepticism about his game is how long can he sustain this type of swing, and that is still to be out there. So he might as well try to dominate this short period of time where he hasn't gotten injured yet. Yeah. He looks very fresh. I mean, his whole strategy of getting ready for golf tournaments and being this, you know, new muscular ass dude that's driving the ball 390 yards off the tee. Yeah, he seems. Pretty unstoppable right now, but again, a lot of a lot of good golfers in the world right now, and I think maybe a little bit in the moment after he he wins a tournament like that. But yeah, congrats to Bryson. Rory kind of try to um, undermine it a little bit. Yeah, but did you also see him make a comment about his like putting? How well, like he they they ban the anchor putting, but Bryson like anchors it with his arm and he his said, forearm. Like, yeah, yeah, and he said like he, he doesn't know how long that rule is gonna hold up. <laughs> I wonder if he's trying to like get in like the PGA's ear about that and just kind of throw off his putting, which obviously he could. Yeah, well, because that's the, the, the thing, that, that's the, that's the other thing that kind of goes without that goes without saying a lot is that Bryson's been amazing at, with his putter for you know a significant period of time here. It's not a fluke that he is a good with good with the putter. Is it a weird strategy the way he grips it and the way he kind of has this long shaft that is now uh, he's playing it to the utmost potential of not being legal? Like he's going, he's be- he's trying to make it as close to breaking the rules as possible. And yeah, I'm sure that there are guys out there who like putt like more athletically than him with like Rory and like like a Tiger Woods like, and they're just watching this guy be like all scientific about it with the straight forearm and everything. But it's worked, so yeah. Rory definitely, definitely. I don't think there are many people that are like, oh yeah, like Bryson, like he's so good. Like you know what I mean? I feel like they appreciate what he's done, but I, they're like, fuck that, I'm better than. Him. Yeah, there's always like a butt to it. Like yeah, yeah, it's pretty good, but like we'll see. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's always yeah. a side comment. Um, I do appreciate Rory. Like anytime he's in, give us any kind of interview or comment. He always has something honest to say about yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, and he's like, that. yeah, and he's like spill, spitting up a little bit of controversy without really saying anything that's yeah. controversial. He's but like, you knew what he was that. trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the comment from Rory. Um, so yeah, a lot of big names out there now. I mean, Bryson, Brooks, Rory, DJ. Besides 
I mean, Brooks and Rory obviously not playing well. DJ and Bryson both absolutely playing great. So we'll see how that plays out at the Masters. Uh, there will be a lot of good storylines. Bryson will certainly be amongst them. Um, and speaking of storylines, uh, not many here at the Corrales Punta Cana this week. So, folks, yeah, just a word of the wise here. I mean, there's not a ton of value even in this tournament. <laughs> I mean, there once you get past – 100 to 1, I mean, they're guys that you, yeah, you can place bets on them, and I'm sure, you know, in a field where there's no real clear-cut favorite, uh, I think maybe having a few picks out there, but not getting too crazy this week, um, as, yeah, Will Zalatoris, Corn Fairy Tour legend is the outright favorite here, so you can obviously see what kind of field we're working with, but I guess there are a few notable names, Henrik Stenson's there, uh, my boy Milano Grillo is there. Corey Connors is second on the odds list at 14 to one, um, and Mackenzie Hughes is third at 14 to one as well. Um, Sam Burns, who we've picked recently at 18, but again, not a lot to work with this week, Matt. What are your thoughts on the Corrales, and what are you going to be getting into this week? Yeah, um, so you know a little bit about the course. We're in the Dominican Republic, Punta Cana, uh, third year of the event, so not a whole lot of course history to go off of. Uh, Bryce Garnett and Graham McDowell won the last two years. So. <laughs> couple uh, of older guys, couple of older guys, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at with this event. Um, our, <laughs> it's a par 72, 7,668 yards. Um, it's a coastal course, so six of the holes are played along the coast. The It's not, like, overly difficult. Um, they both won at minus 18, so it kind of gets more challenging depending on the wind. Um, the back nine is a little bit tougher than the front nine. Uh, and they close on a stretch called the Devil's Elbow, um, 16 through 18. But so overall, sounds, <laughs> that's kind of a great name, but it's yeah. probably just it's probably not overwhelming at all. No, yeah, I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think these guys are going to be too phased by it. Um, the Devil's Elbow. You don't have to worry about it being like a real tough course. Obviously, if the wind picks up, you're going to want to maybe get a guy that's good in the wind. Um, you know, Graham McDowell is, so that kind of proved that way. But overall, I mean, I'm just kind of looking for guys that are playing well. Um, like you said, it's not a stacked field, so trying to find whatever talent is in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, McDowell is is going off the previous winners. Maybe you know they're both accurate drivers of the golf ball they're not the longest drivers i think it's just going to be hitting fairways good approach um, making birdies yeah just i mean mackenzie hughes finished in t2 last year too and i mean he's not an overwhelming driver of the golf ball and has a, a good short game so you can take that for what it's worth obviously hughes being at 14 to 1 in general is always surprising uh, <laughs> yeah no it's absurd um a lot of these guys i mean sam burns we like picking him but we like picking him at you know 70 to 1 not 18 <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean our slim pickings this week if you want to try to find some value yeah that is definitely true and i i'm you know just jumping off of what you said i definitely agree i think it's going to be maybe not a birdie fest because of the field but clearly the course is very birdieable and Grant mcdowell winning a tournament at 18 under means that i think probably anyone can win this week um and so yeah <laughs> I'm looking for guys that have played well this year and do the, all the things I like, play well at approach, have played well ball striking, tee to green, fairways, birdies, birdie ops gains, those type of stats. Um, the, you know, the typical stats that we look at. I think 
And then just trying to find any type of value that is in this field, which I don't think there's tons of it, but I'm going to play a couple guys that I think, you know, there is some juice there. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny that you um, that you just said that because, you know, you look at minus 18 as a winner and you think, oh, well, it's not that easy. But when you consider that it's Graham McDowell and um, Bryce Garnett that are doing it, you know, obviously if we had the field with some of these top guys, the winning score would probably be minus 25. <laughs> you know well, I mean? well, yeah, let me throw out a few other names from last year to you. And if you don't, if you, if you don't recognize the names, folks, don't be embarrassed because not a lot of people probably wouldn't. Chris, Chris Stroud finished T2. Jonathan Bird finished in fourth. Kelly Kraft finished in fifth. Chip McDaniel finished <laughs> also in fifth. George McNeil finished in seventh. These are not made of names, folks. These are guys that played in this event last year. So, yeah. I Yeah, Sam Burns played well last year, too, at this place. He finished in 12th. So, I guess there are a few guys that have come here uh, the past couple of years, but yeah, not a lot of course history, no no names of you know that have been significant names. I mean, at least I don't think anyone played here last year and just didn't play well. But yeah, Bryce Garnett, Brendan Todd was here last year, Carlos Ortiz, some guys were here last year that aren't here this year uh, that I think probably would have had a lot better odds considering this field. But yeah, here we are, <laughs> Corrales, Punta Cana <laughs> Golf Resort, Matt. Who is your best bet of the week? Uh, well, my top pick, I'm going to go back to my guy Thomas Detry here. Um, it's 27 to 1. All right. Thomas Detry at 27 to 1 is not the number I was looking for. But given the field, um, he went pretty well last week besides Sunday. He was kind of like floating around that top 20. I was thinking all week, maybe he can sneak in there. Um, and then he shot plus 11 Sunday at the U.S. Open. But... You know, it was a it was a beast out there, so it's pretty impressive that he even made the cut. Um, he's been playing, you know, pretty good over in Europe. A couple of runner-ups. I think he's got a little bit of talent, maybe a little bit of value because he's lesser known in America. Yeah, um, I certainly think he's not a, a familiar name or face uh, at this point. He's still relatively young, right? I mean, and then he doesn't play over here a lot, so this might be the start of a new beginning with Thomas Thatcher. You could be getting out in front of this one. Well, I certainly hope so. We'll see, we'll see what happens. It's either going to be the start of a new beginning or a quick ending on my betting on Thomas Satchery. Yeah. Well, I. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't hate it. I, again, like this week, I really do think anyone could win. Thomas Satchery clearly, he's 80th in the world golf ranking, and he's getting a lot of respect in this field. That's for sure. I mean, he's you know top 10 on the odds list. So, Thomas Satchery. Okay, pick of the week for Matt <laughs> at 27 to one. Um, I'm going to be sticking in a similar range. I'm going with Henrik Norlander at 40 to one as my favorite bet of the week at 40 to one. Um, yeah, it's weird. Henrik had played really well this season, uh, up until, I mean, honestly, recently he missed a cut at Northern trust. So then he didn't qualify for the BMW and he missed a cut at the Safeway. but to talk highly of him, he did finish six at the Memorial um, 12th at Rocket Mortgage, 41st at Travelers, 9th at the Sony earlier this year, 5th at the RSM earlier this year. Um, so he did, does have multiple top 10s this season, three to be exact. And or now this is a new year, so I'm kind of hoping Henrik can can kind of use that momentum from last year being his one of his most successful years on the PGA Tour. Now in this field, I mean, the stats that I do look like do look at, he's second in strokes and approach in his last 24 rounds in this field. Second in ball striking, fourth in tee to green, 
sixth in birdies gains, first in fairways gains, 15 in opportunities gains. I mean, in this field, I really think Norlander is going to shine this week. So if there's anyone out there that maybe people don't take too often, Henrik Norlander, he's been on my card before, but his name stuck out to me this week. I mean, considering he's at this on the same line as Charlie Hoffman and Brian Stewart, I'm taking a fly on Henrik this week at 40 to one. I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, another thing, you know, about that is his finish at the RSM Classic that you talked about. Um, that's like a somewhat corollary course to this one. They got the same designer. Um, so okay. I think that'll help him out a little bit too. So I do like that pick in Norlander. Um, I think that's yeah, this has. I mean, the resort the resort course feel is what we're working with this week. They're definitely guys. Bryce Garnett, we mentioned a couple times. Definitely guys who play well in these for some reason in these type of events. So I'm hoping that Norlander kind of makes that a part of his career and we can get a win this week. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, what are you, do you have anyone else in this, in this range? Yeah, actually I do. I'm going to, I'm going to hop on loop list at 45 to one. Okay. I mean, honestly, again, in this field, Luke list and name stands out to me, especially at being at 45 to one. I mean, the fact that Emiliano Grillo is at like 20 to one who I, I love and Sam Burns under 20 to one. It's just funny to me that Luke List in this field is still at 45 to 1. Um, he's first in strokes and tee to green in this field in the last 24 rounds, second in opportunities gained, fourth in ball striking, 12th, 12th in strokes gained approach. Um, current form, I you know, Luke List is one of those guys that, like, I, I feel like current form is never really going to be that great because I feel like he's always going to have weeks where he misses the cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but he actually, I mean, to his credit, it's actually not that bad. Minus was the Northern Trust he missed the cut, but he was making cuts before yeah. that. Yeah, and he um, made the cut at the PGA, tough, tough field. He finished 10th at Memorial in a tough yeah. field. I mean, so, 3M, he's 32nd. That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good, but, I mean, that, those were obviously also much stronger fields. Yeah, no, yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, my thing about Luke this week is that, I mean – Coming off of a bomber like Bryson winning, I think Luke List is going to be the longest guy in this field this week. So, hoping that Luke's just bombing the ball out there and making some birdies. He's got the game to go low. So, Luke at 45 to 1 stood out to me. Going to be on my, my short card this week. Well, I like that pick. Um, I am going to go a little bit deeper with my next selection. Uh, I'm going to go 65 to 1, and I'm going to take Doug Gim. Doug Gim. <laughs> Doug Gim. Um, the Gim Reaper. The Gim Reaper. We're going to take a roll of the dice on this one, but he has actually been showing me a little something lately. He was T14 at Safeway most recently. Um, he was caught at the Wyndham, but then he was also T18 at the 3M. So that's you know two out of three top 20s there. And, you know, he's an accurate driver. We talked about that in the beginning. He was 51st in driving accuracy last year. So hopefully... You know, his approach has been better than it was at the beginning of last year. If that keeps going in the right direction and he's hitting fairways, I think he has a chance. And, you know, in a field like this, um, I think he has talent. I mean, in 2018, he was got college golfer of the year, and he was at one point the top-ranked amateur golfer in the world. So I think Gim certainly has the talent to win. Um he hasn't put it together yet, but maybe this is the event he does so in kind of a weak field. I can see it. I mean, yeah. Once, uh, once his last his last uh, outing actually was pretty good at the Safeway. 
Yeah, I mean, he's only 24. He's a young guy, so if he's you know kind of just starting to put everything together on tour, um, maybe this is you know an easy event for him to kind of to catch a win. Yeah, I think the other thing is too. I mean, again, this is uh, Monday afternoon, Monday night. We're <laughs> very we're not excited about this tournament at all. But after the bet, after bets will be placed, I'm gonna be like, we got a shot because <laughs> anyone can fucking win this thing. So yeah. As of right now, you put a bet on anyone, you're like, fuck yeah, I could, I could beat Will Zalatoris and Mackenzie Hughes. Like, that's that's easily could happen. So maybe well, Doug Gim, maybe maybe this is his coming out party. Although no one's gonna fucking watch, so you know. <laughs> well, it, also the funny thing is about this tournament, if you're within like five or so shots, like you're definitely gonna be looking at the leaderboard confident, like I could pass these guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully Doug Gims off, gets off to a hot start and kind of rolls off the safe way. I can keep keep playing well. Um, I think we are on the same page with our next pick, Matt. Um, C.T. Pan. <laughs> we are on the same page. I mean, we talked about this before the show. C.T. Pan at 80 to 1? Yeah. In this, in this field, in this economy? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> there's there's value on C.T. Pan. He's, up, he's in the same weight classes Bo Hogg and Joe Joe Hung Kim and Kevin Chappell so uh, yeah CT Pan 80 to 1 not a bad number no I actually think that they kind of made a mistake on CT Pan I don't know if like <laughs> nobody just nobody's gonna pick him but we are actually yeah um, but like this kind of seems like when you look at the previous winners like McDowell and like Bryce Garnett it actually kind of seems like CT Pan's game would match up perfectly like he's just gonna hit fairways like He's going to do his thing out there. He's yeah. solid all around. I, I mean, I think if C.P. Pan hits his fairways the way that he should and can, 80 to 1, I mean, that's that's great value. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's anyone else in this field that played in the President's Cup. Uh, no, I don't believe so, no. And, I mean, it's been a long year, but President's Cup, players on those rosters have won a lot this year. <laughs> So, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, maybe C.T. Pan is the newest addition of that that roster. And actually, C.T. Pan has had some success um, on coastal courses and, you know, playing these similar types of courses. I, I think C.T. Pan is, I mean, I'm not going to get carried away on my, you know. He's got, he's got some shit he, got to, he's got some shit he needs to take care of, that's for sure. Yeah, but I mean, he is probably one of the more talented guys in the field. Yeah, yeah, no, I really do. I mean, I, the President's Cup thing is kind of a joke, but he made that team, played very well that week. He's he's not going to be intimidated by this field at all. And I think, yeah, there's, I think he has the opportunity to play well in a weak field. And But I will say, though, he needs to clean his shit up. So <laughs> he's he has not been hitting the ball too well um, <laughs> recently and also has not putted well over the last... 24 rounds or so, but he is eighth in strokes gain approach in this field and 18th in ball striking. And I think talent wise, again, he's going to be, he's going to be gaining strokes in the field this week. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, if he's hitting fairways, it can drain some putts. CT Pan should be very involved on this leaderboard on Sunday. So again, as of now, Monday afternoon, CT Pan at 80 to one feels like a no brainer. Yeah, no, I agree. And actually guys like CT Pan who actually like play in bigger events and make president cups and stuff are like licking their chops in events like this, because like this is actually a chance for him to gain like a shit ton of points for himself. Shit ton of points, shit ton of money, respect, everything. I mean, maybe not respect because no one's going to care if you win the Corrales <laughs> Prince of this week, but it's definitely a way to get yourself a PGA tour win. 
<laughs> yeah. So not a bad idea to come play this week, guys. You're in the Dominican, beautiful course, and you're playing against a shitty field. You can win. You can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't ask for more than that. So yeah, it's, it's about all you need. Uh, um, were there any other like just names that kind of stuck out to you at all, Matt? I mean, again, we, I think this field is you kind of get sick of looking at it after a while. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's, I really got nothing past a hundred to one that I really stuck out to me. Yeah. I mean, once it's tough, once you get to like Bo Hostler under a hundred to one, you realize that it's, it's pretty shitty, pretty shitty situation below a hundred to one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was looking at like, Matthew Naismith is 100 to 1, but he really has not done a whole lot lately. For a while, he was looking like he was playing some decent golf, um, but recently it hasn't been there. I don't, I don't really even have a bomb down here. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, a guy Chris Baker actually popped for me a little bit in a model I ran with. He's, he's played very. He's his stats just line up well for this actually, but. <laughs> um, he's at 90 to one, so not 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 really anything that's too intriguing to me there. So yeah, hopefully CT Pan just gets a dump for us 80 to one. Other than that, I think Norlander and List should play well for me. Um, but yeah, not a ton of exciting numbers out there at all. Yeah, no, it also sucks because this was supposed to be the Ryder Cup week, and instead we're looking at this. So. Exactly. Exactly. A little, a little depressing. Yeah. That's a real yeah. kick in the dick. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I saw that today. Exactly. Uh, so. But I will. I will say though. I mean, just the top, the guys at the top of the odds list that aren't Will Zalatoris, Corey Connors, Sam Burns, Adam Long, Grillo. I mean, there's no value on placing a bet on them this week. That's what sucks. But yes, the way that they play, I think that they're. They're, they could easily win this event. I mean, it's going to be ball strikers like Grillo and Connors that are going to be making a lot of birdies this week. So if either of them are making putts, they're probably the biggest names I'd be scared of on this on this odds list. I mean, maybe Henrik Sensen plays well this week. Maybe Denny McCarthy plays well this week. I looked at him a bit, but again, the number is just not not great. So I think this is another one of those weeks too that if you're you know keeping an eye on this, looking at statistics after each round, and you find a few live numbers you might like. I, I could get down to something like that, but taking these guys at the numbers they're at now is brutally tough to do. I mean, taking Connors at 14 to 1, yikes. Yeah, it's a pretty good point. I mean, especially with, like, a guy like Connors, for instance, if he doesn't score well round one, I mean, he has ball striking. He could go low. He has the ball striking dead. ability. I mean, he could have a round where he absolutely lights it up. So. Right. Yeah, no, so I'm saying look out for, like, those guys. If you see them creep over, like, the 40, 50 to 1 mark and are still within, like, five or six shots, like, that's something that would intrigue me. But, yeah, the guys at the top of this list, zero intrigue for me at the prices they're at. From And a lot of names we've mentioned a lot. Corey Connors, we talked about a ton this year. Emiliano Grillo, I find myself placing top 10s and top 20s on him all the time. Chucky 3-6, that's when you know it's a problem. Chucky 3-6 is at 27 to 1 inside the top 10 on the odds list. <laughs> That's yeah. That's when you know you're at the Corrales Punta Cana and everyone's just taking a week off for the most part. So I think it will be interesting to see now. I'm hoping that people come back quickly. You know what I mean? Um, some of the top players come back. Now it's going to be a, a much different tournament schedule than than it has been typically because of the COVID uh, situation. The fact that we just played the U.S. Open in September and the Masters is going to be in November. Um, 
like all of those Asian tour events got re- rescheduled to places in, in, in the U.S. So it's fun because we're going to get to see some courses we haven't seen. And I'm just interested to see what the fields are going to be like. You yeah, I mean, I, mean? I think we're going to start to see some pretty decent fields soon because, I mean, obviously you have to have guys getting ready for the Masters. They're not going to not play before then. And especially the, the guys that we were talking about who are, you know, kind of top of the top class and aren't playing well right now. I'm assuming they're going to want to play multiple times before that. Yeah, yeah, you would think. So just a little preview of what's on deck here. Sanderson Farms is next week. That's going to be in Jackson, Mississippi. The purse goes from $4 million this week at the Punta Cana to $6 million next week. So obviously should be some more big names. Sebastian Munoz won that event last year. Um, and then the Shriners is going to be in Vegas. And then they're staying in Vegas for the CJ Cup as well, which is going to be at Shadow Creek. Yeah, that'll Sick. be a fun one. That's cool. So, cool. And that purse is almost $10 million. So we're definitely going to be seeing some bigger names for that event, I would assume. J- JT did win that last year. Um, and then the Zozo. Tiger Woods won that last year. Um, but this year it's going to be at Sherwood Country Club in California. So Asian Swing, not happening this year. We'll see how that affects the the guys that play in these events. And yeah, preparation for the Masters. Masters on the week, November 12th to 15th. So closely, you know, that's creeping up on us. We only have five or six events before then. So yeah, I'm assuming that people are going to want to play before the Masters in, uh, you know, PGA type competition. So yeah, hopefully this is just a quick shitty little break here at Corrales. And then we're, we're back with some, some of the big boys in the near future. Um, but until then, hopefully we get a couple winners this week and shake off the Bryson uh, <laughs> Bryson event that happened last week. I mean, yeah, Bryson, it's going to be scary for the foreseeable future. But thankfully, he's not here this week, so CT Pan can win. <laughs> <laughs> CT Pan, 80-1. Um, hopefully next time we're talking to you, we are going to be winners. We're going to be cashing those CT Pan tickets. So, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be taking a trip to Punta Cana on our winnings from CT Pan. On CT Pan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, again, keep us out, keep an eye out on Twitter uh, at draws underscore n underscore fade. See if we add anything else to these cards. Maybe something else will stick out. I don't think so, but we'll see. So Norlander list and CT Pan for me, and Matt has Detri, CT Pan, and not Jun Jun Zhang, who I thought you were gonna think. No, not Jun Jun Zhang. I considered him, but I went with Doug Gim instead. Doug Gim instead. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Gim Raper. All right, folks, boss, did you have any closing remarks? Anyone of yours taking a stab at this week? Mm, not really. I mean, <laughs> I feel obliged to take CC Pan at this point after listening to that. that that's, uh, a team, that's a team player. Right so I'm a team player. I'm going to take one for the team on that. And then uh, probably Norlander as well. I kind of like Norlander. I've bet on him a few times this year. I feel like he could he could play well this week. So keep it small. Keep it short. All right. Don't burn like too much money on this golf tournament. <laughs> amen amen and yeah we'll be back to you guys next week sanderson farms hopefully we'll see a little bit better field but until then let's go ct pan and we'll talk to you guys next week It's true that some things change as we get older. 
But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.